do something nice for yourself, a little self-care. Maybe I should call your wife and say, <laughs> I know you're tired, Miss Carla, but you guys need to do something this weekend, something fun, just to get your head on something else for a while. You're going to say to my wife, go up to Brian and say, do you want to go for a ride? Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, rerun's going to get confused. Oh, the beagle? Like, no, no, you, you better believe me, it. Right? <laughs> We're all going, right? My beagle's like, I'm already on my Uber app. <laughs> Where are we going? Ready or not, here it comes, podcast episode 103 of Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. Courtney Kelly is a mental health therapist. I, Brian Mulhern, a longtime mental health patient, and we needed every single tool in our toolbox Mm -hmm. when it came to mental health this week, and not just Courtney and myself, all of you. Of course, we're talking about the school shooting in Texas, which has devastated everybody, and you and I, Courtney, already had a very lengthy discussion Mm -hmm. about this on our morning show in Providence, Rhode Island, on Cat Country. It was exhausting, mm-hmm. but we feel like it is something that needs to be addressed again and maybe a little bit more long form, and maybe we can say some things this time around that we couldn't necessarily say on the radio mm-hmm. show because, boy, do you have to be careful when yeah, you're yeah. delivering things there. I feel like we can be a little bit more, shall I say, honest and open about some of our own feelings and emotions Mm -hmm. when it comes to this as it pertains to this forum. Yeah, and this has just been a really horrendous week for so many people. And on the radio show, we just wanted to give people some comfort as a community come together and talk about it. And I heard from many people who were saying that it was really helpful and so many people just crying and upset all week. It's just been a really trying week. But I'm no expert in this area. I am an expert in being a therapist. And so I'll talk about clients, how you help them when they come in and they're dealing with so many things. I have clients who have such a background in trauma and loss. And then when something like this happens and shakes our world, it's so difficult for them to concentrate on anything else. A lot of it is giving people a space to be able to process, empathizing with them, and completely coming from a place of understanding of how difficult and traumatic this is and how to cope with this, but also helping them, giving them permission to take care of themselves as well so that they can get through this because it can be really, really troubling. When we presented this on the radio show, one angle we took was, hey, call in and you can use Courtney as a grief counselor. Mm -hmm. But in some ways, we also approached it and said it right on the radio show, how we approach things here on the podcast. And that's to say, I'm walking into your office right Mm -hmm. now as a patient. I'm going to tell you the first thing that pops into my mind and what I've been thinking about and how I'm trying to process this. And you will do your best to show the world how this is approached in a standard therapy appointment, to which I said to you, I have done so much work in the mental health world. I have dealt with depression, anxiety, social anxiety, Mm -hmm. OCD. And I can tell you that I've studied it enough and read up enough that I can just about understand anything, even when it comes to things that don't pertain to me. I can understand how people could get in the grips of substance abuse and have that turn into an addiction, even though I've never been an addict of any kind. I have Mm self-medicated, so I get it. I can even get it to an extent that people are in such a bad place that they would think about harming themselves. But the one thing 
that I can't wrap my head around and I can't understand how someone could get to this place, nor can I explain it away or justify it, is evil on this level. Is somebody walking into a grammar school and taking the lives, murdering innocent children. And one of the things that I couldn't discuss on the radio show that I will discuss here is, in some ways, I do have some trauma that is related, and I say that in a gun-related sense. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not somebody who wants the government to come and collect everyone's guns. Please understand that. I understand, especially in this world, in this day Mm -hmm. and age, people do need to protect themselves. But having been through the Phil Hartman situation, which tomorrow, as we tape it, is Friday. Mm -hmm. It is the anniversary of when Phil Hartman Mm -hmm. was murdered in 1998. It's a very tough day for me every Mm -hmm. year. We've done a podcast on that. So for that to happen this week, the gun violence and then the thought of the pure evil and then the perpetrator ending up dead. When it came to Phil Hartman, if you don't know, he was a longtime comedic actor on Saturday Night Live, news radio, a bunch of movies, The Simpsons. He did a lot of voice work. He was my mentor and friend and collaborator, and he was murdered by his wife in his sleep. And then she went and she took her own life. And for the longest time, I couldn't wrap my head around that. First of all, I thought to myself, well, why didn't you just take your own life? Why did you have to take this beloved person away from us? Not only in the culture and from society and an entertainment standpoint, but for me who knew him personally and knew he was such a sweetheart of a man. And the way I was eventually able to figure that out was to say about her, well, that wasn't fully her. That was her addiction. She had problems with cocaine. She had problems with alcohol. And I'm sure had she been sober, this never would have happened. So I was at least able to come to grips with that end of it. I don't know a lot about the gunman and I don't like naming him and I'm not going to name him because I don't like to publicize people like that. So I will say that sometimes I think that there are just evil people in the world. Now, I know there is a path to evil. I understand that. And I understand he probably had a very difficult life. And I'm trying to wrap my head around that. Mm. But just as we say that people are prone to depression, it may be genetic in some way. You are prone to anxiety. You are prone to addiction. There is a small part of me that says, well, if that's the case, then wouldn't it stand to reason that maybe genetically there Mm -hmm. could be people who are prone to these unspeakable acts? And that's not to say that every single person who has that in their DNA is going to end up an alcoholic, Mm -hmm. is going to end up depressed, is going to end up anxious, or is going to end up doing something like this. But as a patient, this is what I'm battling. And if I were to walk into your office, that is what I would vomit all over Mm you. Well, giving you a lot of empathy around that, this is a very difficult time. And this is triggering, too. Like you said, you've had a major loss and there's an anniversary of that. So this is all on your mind. And that would be a space to make sure that you're having that space to process, but also that you're taking care of yourself right Mm -hmm. now, because this could be a time where you start to spin out a little bit and start to reach for other things that are unhealthy or trying to numb those feelings. You coming into my office, we would definitely have some time to process through those feelings and also maybe some education on things too. I like to throw things in. If I don't know the answer, I say, I don't know. I don't understand this either. Let's talk about this and let's try to get our hands around this. All of those different factors that 
that nature versus nurture, there's all different. It's environmental. There's all different factors that can bring about somebody having certain issues. And again, we don't know what the combination is, how this would happen. It boggles our minds how someone would do such a thing. A lot of times it's easier for us to accept that when people are in pain and hurting themselves, we don't like that, but we can understand that Mm -hmm. better. But when people are lashing out and hurting other people, now, of course, that's the extreme, what happened this week. It's very difficult to understand it, but I think that doing some reading on it, trying to understand it a little bit better in certain ways, or doing some advocacy. Again, we're not trying to say about guns and laws, because there's a lot of people in the news saying, we have to do something. We need to empower ourselves to be able to do something to stop this. So speaking your truth and being able to do that too, that's something that I would talk to you about as far as if there's something that you feel like that can move you forward to help you to be able to stand for the good. And I want to reiterate something that we said when we presented this on the radio show, and it applies to both. And I'm speaking for myself primarily, but I think I'm also speaking for you. I think the number one thing in all of this is this is a mental health issue Mm -hmm. and people like to politicize it and make it about guns and all of these other things. And that's a conversation that other people can have at another time. I'm not a big gun person. Mm -hmm. I don't own guns. I'm afraid of guns. And of course, I have a phobia about guns based on where I have come from. So and again, I don't think that everyone needs to have all of them taken away. I think people have a right to protect themselves. But I do have a big background in the mental health world. Courtney has revolved her entire life around it. And clearly, there is an issue and a problem here. And I think that's the number one thing that needs to be addressed Mm -hmm. before people get angry at us and think that we're trying to pick up a political football and Mm -hmm. run it in for a touchdown here. Focusing on mental health for everyone. If people Mm -hmm. are having a lot of difficult time with this, focusing on what they can do for their self-care, maybe shutting down the media sometimes, we tend to get looped into certain stories over and over and over again, and it just keeps feeding our fear and that hopeless feeling that we can have. So being able to take pauses from that, doing other things, refocusing on the things that are important to us, really, really important. But as far as the mental health piece in general, this is the thing. They're doing a lot of research. They're trying to figure out what is it that causes this and how can we prevent this? Now, we talked about this on the radio, too. I'm sure there's a percentage of evil in the world, and I don't know how how we wrap ourselves around that. But what can we do as a society? And there was an article I was reading recently. We all have to take a look at things and say, how do we become more aware? How do we see that child who's struggling, who maybe went through severe trauma and loss, and that is skidding into a really bad direction? How do we help them and reconnect them? These people who do this, they don't feel connected to society. Obviously, if they're going to hurt Mm -hmm. people like this, they're not feeling connected. There's all this research. He researches terrorism. He's a professor at University of Maryland, Ari Kruglansky. Really, really interesting article. He talks about the quest for significance that's gone horribly wrong, that they're looking for this moment. And a lot of times it's these people who have gone through really significant loss and trauma, not all the time, and this isn't making an excuses for it. It's Mm -hmm. just saying in his study, he's talking about how some of it, sometimes he's not linking it to mental illness in the way that we're seeing it. It's definitely said there's mental issues and psychological issues going on. But it's really interesting how he talks about in adolescence, how there's all these hormones going on and there's a quest for what is my self-worth. So he's saying it's this storm going on for some people that they can be triggered by the significant loss through 
through humiliation and failure. And this, we said a lot of the young people there between 11 and 17 that have done this, and this person also was 18, it's another side to see that we need to do research. We need to figure this out. I know a lot of people just want to say, like you said, blame it on one thing or another. There's so many factors, I think, that go into this. So looking at all of it, and especially the mental health, to try to figure out how do we prevent this? How is a society we band together and agree on this, that we need to stop this? To broaden that out via his area of expertise, you mentioned terrorism. And another interesting component to that is this, the ability of terrorist groups and radical religious Mm -hmm. groups to brainwash people Mm -hmm. at a young age who are in this vulnerable place. Now, you can maybe, I don't know, we'll find out more, take the terrorism aspect out of Mm -hmm. this conversation, at least we think so. But one of the problems is, I do think that people on the internet, Mm -hmm. on social media, younger people, go down certain dark rabbit holes and get brainwashed in a similar way. Mm -hmm. If there is a certain something that is angering them about this world, they are going to try to draw themselves to like minds who are clearly radical minds Mm -hmm. and get brainwashed in that way. And I think you said something, too, that was very important. This isn't just a mental health issue when it comes to, well, we need to fix this kind of person. Mm -hmm. This is a mental health issue for the grieving families. Mm -hmm. This is a mental health issue for people like me who already have a sensitivity to something like this, and we have to try to make sense of it. And even just for the average Jill or Joe walking down Mm -hmm. the street who can't possibly wrap their heads around it. The one thing I've been trying to tell myself to comfort myself in every single life is valuable. But the one thing that really bothers me about this is the children Mm -hmm. and the innocence aspect. And the way that I relate that to Phil Hartman is, to me, he was an innocent. He was somebody who was completely defenseless, who was asleep in his bed and went to bed thinking everything was okay and just a sweet, sweet man. And that loss of innocence really impacts me. And the only way that I can make myself feel a little better, and believe me, I don't feel good about this, I am sick to my stomach every time I see a photo of those kids Mm -hmm. and the sacrifices that those Mm -hmm. teachers made. I mean, God bless, may this planet have more people like them. But the one thing I do tell myself is, thank God, at least right now, this isn't something that's happening multiple times a year. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can think of Newtown and I can think of this. And hopefully we're not going to see much more in the way of copycats, although it sounds like another one may have been prevented in Texas. They were just saying yesterday, too, because I think loss on that level is so difficult. But another one that I'm struggling with, because I do feel like it's innocence under attack again, and it's happening simultaneously, is what's going on in the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And somebody like Putin, and how can somebody, a monster like him or a Hitler or bin Laden, justify what they are doing and somehow they get there and for somebody like Putin it's clearly too yeah. late yeah I just hope somebody will take him out mm-hmm. but maybe if the mental health world can get to somebody ahead of that mm-hmm. curve ahead of that brainwashing or whatever it is the hormones that's going mm-hmm. on but how do you identify it because you have to know that kids who are having these thoughts yeah. even he was sharing it a little bit but very mm-hmm. close to the event and sometimes with strangers but leaving breadcrumbs, but not the whole loaf to let you know exactly what was going on. It's really, really difficult. I don't work with children, but I work with some young adults. I've had 18-year-olds, 20-year-olds come in my office yelling, screaming, getting upset, have gone through a lot of trauma, a lot of loss, and they are frustrated. I hate this one and I hate that one. 
all of this anger coming out, there's a lot of assessment involved. You really have to make sure, especially when somebody's in that state, to make sure they're getting the resources they need, that they're referred to more intensive programming. We have partial day programs. We have going to the hospital if need be. Luckily, the clients that I've dealt with, we've been able to connect them to things and they weren't trying to make credible threats, but they were really frustrated and you could see that they felt like no one understood them. But because they were in with us, we were able to hold them in that space and we were able to get them some help. And then they were able to reassess their behaviors. If people are doing this in isolation, and like you said, with other people who are like-minded, they're only getting that reinforcement. Mm -hmm. They're not getting any of the interventions or help or treatment. There was somebody else I was listening to. It's difficult in this world right now. Everybody's on their phones. Kids are doing their thing. People may not be paying attention as much as they might have been years ago as to what's going on with other people. People are doing their video games. People are doing their screen time. There's all sorts of stuff going on. They may not be paying attention, especially in the younger ages, to make sure that those kids that are drifting, that we pull them back and that we get them involved. And again, a huge high percentage of them are not going going to do anything horrible. They're going to get therapy. They're going to get help with things. But what is just that one person, that one kid who strays and that we don't catch them and we don't bring them back and try to get them some help? I mean, this is just devastation beyond what we can even, I mean, just so horrific. But it's really important on that level, too, to make sure that we're doing that service and trying to help those kids. And in some ways, too, all of these troubled kids, and there are varying degrees, they want to be heard, they want to be acknowledged, Mm -hmm. they want to be understood. They want to be noticed. Mm -hmm. And taking that to the extreme, if you feel like you are completely alone, well, here's how Mm -hmm. you're going to notice me. This is how I'm definitely going to be remembered. And Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's for a good reason, and I don't care if it's for a bad reason, but you are going to know who I am. And I think part of the problem is exactly what you said. Kids nowadays spend so much time trying to get noticed. I want to be a social media influencer. I want to be an Instagram model. We're not walking into rooms and having conversations with people. We're not walking into therapist offices and going to healthy places. As I always say, the internet is the wild, wild west. And consumer beware when you are out there. And if you're a parent, you've really got to be hyper vigilant when it comes to this stuff. It's hard. I see it all the time with parents. They don't want to be the mean one. You know, mm-hmm. give me the phone, <laughs> that kind of thing. I know with my stepsons at dinner time, put the phones down. We had certain times game night, put the phones down. That's something that we need to really look at and implement because it's just getting more and more and more and more and more. When you're around kids, anytime they have one second, they just pick up the phone. Like it's just an automatic thing and they're on there. It's really important to connect and for them to pay attention to the people around them and for us to be able to pay attention when those kids need to talk. A lot of times they'll act like, oh, I don't want to talk about it, whatever. Go for a drive with them. Don't look directly in their eyes. A lot of times they say, don't look directly there. Just start asking some open-ended questions. If you ask yes, no questions, that's what you're going to get. How was your day at school? Fine. But if you ask open-ended questions, then maybe you can stimulate some kind of conversation. I was always so surprised with my stepsons when they were in the thick of it in their teens, when I could finally get them to talk and I'd be like smiling inside. I don't want to put too much emphasis on the fact that I'm getting them to open up. But this is important for everyone, especially everyone. We're all going through this. We're all feeling horrible about this. We need to check in with each other. How are you doing with this? I called my mother and asked her. She's an educator. How are you doing with this? She's like, I've been really upset. I've been crying. I can't 
wrap my head around this. Just checking in, giving a space to each other. Well, this is interesting because you mentioned about taking the kids for a ride. When I try to lift my dog spirits, I say, you want to go for a ride? Oh, <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's something that applies to <laughs> right. all living things. They love to go for a ride. <laughs> I also want to mention, too, how let's not discount what we've just been through the last mm-hmm. two years plus and what the pandemic has done to kids in terms of giving them even more hopelessness, making mm-hmm. them feel more isolation. There was a story locally. The hospital here has been so overwhelmed and they are so behind in the emergency room waiting times are crazy. And I know somebody who works within that world and even Hasbro, which is a children's hospital. I'm not even going to give the number because I don't think I'm allowed to give it. But you would not believe the number of kids who are in there on suicide watch. Mm. And I really do think that in addition to the problem that we have with technology and social media, the phones, we also have the pandemic. We also have these kids who feel like they've had some of their childhood taken away from them and they feel so alone. So they try to turn to the socials and to this world out there because I talk about my own social anxiety and people Mm -hmm. ask me, how come you can't have a one-on-one conversation without feeling unbelievably uncomfortable, but you can get up in front of a room full of people and try to make them laugh? And I say it's because I'm in control and because I have the microphone and they don't. And in some ways, isn't that what social media is? Mm -hmm. You are in control. You are choosing who your audience is. You can remove yourself from something very quickly Mm -hmm. if you're not happy with how it's going. You can try to find like-minded people. Mm -hmm. But whereas comedy can be a healthy and lucrative pursuit if used correctly, even though a lot of damaged people (laughs) go to comedy and turn to that, just like a lot of damaged people are probably turning to their phones Mm -hmm. at this point. I don't see a lot of upside. There's some upside. Obviously, the socials, I say it all the time, were designed to bring us closer together. And in some cases that happens. But I think there's a lot of diminishing (laughs) returns when you really take a look out there. And all you had to do was the day this happened, jump on the socials and look at how people were immediately going after each other with all of the politics and the anger and all of that other stuff. It's not a truly healthy place to be for long periods of time. And I actually purposefully did not look. Same here. Uh, I had to post for work. So I post Mm -hmm. and I get off and I post and I get off. So I purposefully did not look at it, but I can only imagine because this is so dividing. I think the big thing for me is let's not be divided. Let's figure Mm -hmm. out that there's certain things we can all agree on, that this is horrific and we never want it to happen again. And I think when we just say there's one factor, like it's this, it's the guns, there's not just one factor here. So even if we don't agree on exactly the degree of each factor, let's agree that there's many factors and it's complicated (laughs) because we can't just point to one thing and say, if we stop that, then it'll stop all of this. Oh, you want to talk Mm multi-layered. I mean, come on. And I think if we can all say, okay, I might not agree with this, but we all know it's multi-layered. We need to have like an all hands on deck approach here and keep our minds open to the fact that we may have to make some adjustments here and there to figure out. And that's the thing that when I start to feel like hopeless about the situation, I remember there's research being done. There's people out there who are really trying to figure out what are the different factors that go into this so we can help try to do something, be the good, 
We just saw something horrific and horrible, but there's so many good things and we can jump in and be the good in our lives. It could be a small thing. It could be a big thing. It could be giving blood. It could be volunteering, something that can spur us to do something positive, to be more connected, if nothing else. That's what I do with my clients. And that's what I would say to you. What is something that you can do nice for yourself this weekend? What is something that you can do that will make you feel good, that has meaning to you because of everything that you're feeling and because of the anniversary that is happening this weekend. Well, I hate to say it's Friday night and you know how I usually spend those. I know how you, laundry. <laughs> well, yeah, and a couple of cocktails. With Jack. <laughs> but you got to be careful with that, of yeah. course. It's a three-day weekend and obviously the best thing that I can do, and I had some dinner plans tonight that fell through and mm. I'm like, duh. So I said to my wife, I still want to do something fun this weekend. And then she didn't respond because I know she's exhausted. <laughs> but I'm just hoping I can go out and forget about my problems. But you gave another really good piece of advice on the radio show, which was do something nice for another person. Mm-hmm. Flick the light on in the world in a world where it yeah. feels like all of the lights have been turned off all mm-hmm. of a sudden. Let's just try to spread some kindness because you don't know how you may impact somebody who is in a really bad spot. Right. And not everybody is going to come forth and say, hey, I'm having trouble. And some people would be embarrassed to say it because they're Mm -hmm. like, hey, look at what the parents are dealing with. Look at what all the people in Texas are dealing with. I'm having a hard time with this, but I don't want to talk about that. I can deal with this. No, let's open that up. Talk to your friends and check in with them. But do that nice thing for someone. And that helps you to feel better and helps you to feel connected and brings us back to the fact that there is joy. There is happiness. There are things that we can cultivate for one another. I think that's really important. That's important for our mental health. And also do something nice for yourself, a little self-care. Maybe I should call your wife and say, (laughs) I know you're tired, Miss Carla, but you guys need to do something this weekend, something fun, just to get your head on something else for a while. You're going to say to my wife, go up to Brian and say, do you want to go for a ride? Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, rerun's going to get confused. Oh, the be like, beagle? No, no, you, you better believe me, it. Right? <laughs> We're all going, right? My beagle's like, I'm already on my Uber app. <laughs> where are we going? <laughs> well, Courtney, I know you have copious notes there, so yeah. we're hitting the time where we need to wrap it up, but is there anything else that you want to say to put a nice little bow on a very difficult package? Well, I think that was it. We were talking about shining the light for other people, for yourself. Just knowing that it's hard for our brains to wrap our head around how this would ever happen. But if you're having a lot of difficulty and you need extra support, I deal with this all the time in therapy. Get some therapy in this too, because that probably means that you have some unresolved things going on with trauma, maybe some things that are getting triggered and coming back up for you. It's really important for you to get that help around that. So I think that's another component as well to really check in with yourself and say, hmm, or if you notice that you're being really irritable, more emotional, you're not sleeping well, and you're not sure exactly where this is coming from, check in and say, is it because of the things going on in the world right now? That can oftentimes make you feel very upset and it starts to interfere with your functioning. But sometimes it's hard to point that out. And Courtney, unlike yours truly, you are very open to contact from strangers. (laughs) And especially if they're having some issues, if anybody wants to reach out to Mm -hmm. you and never be too embarrassed to do so, especially when it comes to my friend here, believe you me, she's seen it all. She's heard it all. She wants to help all of you. How can they get in touch with you? Wellness at WCTK.com. You can send me an email. And I also wanted to mention 
and wellness411 page at catcountry.com, having some resources put up in case you need to talk to your kids about this and you need some words around that and also uh, resources for adults as far as just coping with this in general. At Cat Country Mornings on all of the social media platforms, individual pages, Courtney with a C, Kelly E-Y, sometimes Bedard. Brian with an I, Mulhern, H-E-R-N. Of course, share the love when it comes to the podcast. Let people who need it know about it. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your smart devices. You can use the Google to find Mm -hmm. various paths to find us as well. Courtney, a very heavy episode, but a much needed episode Mm -hmm. for number 103. Hopefully, 104 be a little bit on the lighter side. I think we could all (laughs) use it. But until then, we thank you very much. And Courtney, I thank you. Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. Thank you. I want to talk about.